Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin B. Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. Hello, beautiful human. Hello. Uh, we're we're here with Real Talk. You're a legend, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Frank Iero. All right. Thank you so much. I, by the way, I've heard your last name be pronounced a couple different you ways. You got it right, by the way. Oh, yes. Oh I know. Okay, don't take credit for that. I told you exactly <laughs> how to say it. Dude, I also listened to like three or four different interviews, and I tried to get like a baseline of where people were at with it. Right. And then do like a grab from everybody. And do what I thought was right. <laughs> Amalgamation of incorrectly to be correct. Yeah. Yes. I like that. That was it. My dad always was like, oh, you got to do a shirt that has like an I, an ear, and an O on it. I was like, oh, right. Like, so the people get it right. He's like, yeah. I was like, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a phonetic guy. So if you can give me something that's, like that. That's how you pronounce it, though. I, ear, O. Frank Iero. There you go. We have a lot to get into here. Because you know, real quick, we usually have pop stars in here, so it's very exciting to have oh. you in here. Like, this is awesome. We are so excited. My pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> really, you, you've shaped major parts of my life, right? In terms of how I listen to music and the oh. type of music that I find interesting, and also the type of music that ended up breaking mainstream pop when I was actively a fan of it. But this guy, I feel like you shaped his entire existence and a lot of that. Yeah, like, I'm so excited wow. to have you sitting in front of us. Oh, wow, that's amazing. He, I don't know how to take compliments, so you gotta. I can, <laughs> I can tell. Please stop. <laughs> I mean, but I appreciate it. Yeah, we got a lot to dive into because you have barriers. Is a great body of work. It's an Thank awesome you. album. But one of the things I find, I mean, there's many things I find interesting. But on the top of my list is if we spoke a little bit ago, I'd be talking to Frank Iero and the Celebration, or I'd be talking to Frank Iero and the Patience. Correct. You change the name of your group. Mm-hmm. Does each title reflect what? Well, all right. So to to I guess delve back, like I'd never set out to be like, oh, I'm gonna have all these bands and then have like a springboard to like a solo career. Like that was never my my plan. No, I never wanted any of that, <laughs> right? So I, I ended up writing these songs, and and people, you know, would ask me what I'd been up to. So I played it for a friend, who then asked if they could play it for another friend. And then before I knew it, I ended up with a record deal, and I was like, oh. oh like now what you know what i mean um so i i I figured all right if i'm gonna do this and i need to put a band together i want to i want to name the band uh and i should bring along something that like kind of detracts from how uh maybe inept i am at being a front man you know maybe like you know like you think you're at a party so like you don't pay attention to the guy that's not good on the mic (laughs) and uh, so i named it the celebration and uh and i i love doing that so much like I, i love that honeymoon period of a band, you know, like starting it and and naming it, figuring out who's going to be in it, what it's going to sound like, like what's, you know, what's the t-shirt design, like what's the the aesthetic, like, you know, what story are you telling with the record? Like that is so interesting to me. And, you know, when I'm in a band for a long time, I start to lose interest, like I want to do another project. So I thought, all right, well, if I enjoy that so much and this is just going to be my thing, like there's no rules. I get to make the rules as do I go Do it over along. and over again. So I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. And every record, you know, the band changes, the name changes, and and all that. And I, I still have interest in it. Like it's, you know, what I mean, it's it's really just for me. It's a selfish, selfish thing. <laughs> Is that the most exciting part for you, top to bottom, when you're building something, you're Absolutely. creating something? Yes. Yeah. I have to at all times. Like, um, and, and I like having multiple uh, outlets for that because when I hit a roadblock, like a mental block or a writer's block, with one, I just jump to the other, and and then that kind of opens a door. For, for the other thing. I know? totally get that. Yeah. yeah, because you always have an avenue for something that pops something. into your brain if you want to get it out there. Right. So 
celebration and patience, could they come back? Um, I guess so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not though. Like, I don't. I don't, I don't like repeating myself. I feel like I, I. I feel like we told the story with that that thing because, like, all right, with the celebration, I felt like I needed a distraction. I got over that. I felt like after that was done, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm enjoying this. I don't need to be distracted from from what I'm doing. I'm I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm, I, I figured I had to be uh, the front man or the leader of a band on my own. How you know? hard was that? Very hard. Very hard. I have a. A huge appreciation and respect now for for singers and 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 frontmen of, of all sorts. Um, the, the thing about it though was that I I got worried that I would have to be this like you know you know high kicking like <laughs> like you know what I mean like I, I I would never wanted to be like this like giant showman giant showman like yeah I didn't want any of that and I realized like oh okay I don't have to do that I can do it on my own and that's when I I started to like feel comfortable in that role when I figured out I could just be myself in doing this. That's what makes know? a great front man, right? I think so. I don't know. I, what the hell do I know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've realized that too, is that I have no idea how anyone else does anything. I just know how I do it. <laughs> yeah, but you know how you've been doing it for quite some time. Yes. So, But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the right thing for anyone else. Of course not, because, right. yeah, you, essentially you've created your own madness every time. So, like, if somebody else was to just randomly step on in there, it's your madness that they're, they're unpacking. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I think so, yeah. It's yeah. like it's like your thing. Nobody else could do it your way because it's your way. Exactly. That's like, it's, All right, so uh, Tucker, right? Uh, Tucker Rule, he plays drums in, in, in The Future Violence, and we've been friends for a really long time. And we talked about, like, how, like, stage fright and stuff like that, right? Like, I still get stage fright. I still get super nervous every time we play a show because you've never played that show before. Like, you it's know, futurism, it's always new. And uh, he, someone had said to him, like, why are you nervous? Like, this is the only thing you're good at. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow. If you think about it that way, that's kind of crazy. But also, like, what if you're not good at it? <laughs> like, yeah. then you have nothing else. <laughs> yeah. But are you at this weird phase in your life where you have to look at success differently? Oh, if, definitely. Yeah. How do you measure it? If if I feel content, if my soul feels feels good, if I'm a good dad and a good husband and a good person, then that means, like, creatively I'm fulfilled. Do they fuel your creativity, and does it change the way you create having kids? It, oh, it definitely does, because it changes the person that you are. You know, here's the thing. Like, everything that you go through, um, whether it be, you know, like, meeting somebody on, on, on the street someday or getting into a car accident or, or uh, you know, writing a great song, like, it, it changes the person that you you, you are and, the, and the, it affects the person you become. Um, so I'm around these these amazing human beings all the time and it really does ground me and and you know, like there's no way I, I can feel like, oh look at me, I'm a I'm a rock star when I'm, you know, picking up somebody's dirty underwear. <laughs> like, you know, I mean? like, you know, cleaning peanut butter off the fucking refrigerator. <laughs> you know? Uh so like they but they're the best thing that's ever happened to me and, and uh, but I know that I can't be the the dad I wanna be if I'm not satiated creatively like that really ruins me is that why you keep doing it i think so yeah because I, I they would they know too like when a song's not working out or if i'm not if i don't feel like i'm it's crazy man like I, being an artist is a, is a really rough thing because one you have to have a very thin skin in that you let the world in so that like it it, it then it comes in and, and like kind of like you know boils inside you and formulates into something else and then you can express yourself through it um, but then when you, when you release what you 
have that you've made, you have to have a thick skin because people are really mean about it. It's vicious. Yeah, and you only listen to the bad stuff that people say. No matter, like, a, a thousand people could tell you you did a great job, but one person would be like, eh, that sounds like shit to me. And you're like, ah, oh, it sounds like <laughs> Like, you still let that get to you, though? Oh, you have to, yeah. I mean, you, you can't turn it off. You know, like, you either are this, uh, this, this antenna for all emotion and, and, um, eh, everything around you, you know, you're a conduit for, like, the universe, or you're not. You know, you, you can't just be like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna let things in now, but, like, later I'm not gonna you, accept any of this. You know, your vulnerability needs to stay the same. It's always there, yeah. Do you feel like you've gotten more vulnerable and that, like, thin skin is even a little bit thinner now that all of the creative stuff is on your shoulders? Possibly. But also, too, I think, like, the older you get, you start to realize how to navigate a little bit better, you know? Um, but you're always gonna be crazy, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the, that's your biggest fear is to find out, like, at the end of it, like, someone to say, like, you've worked all this time and, and you put all your energy into this thing that you've created and you finally think, like, you know what, it's good enough to show someone. And then to find out you're crazy, that's the biggest fear, I think, of of any artist out there. And you still face that. Oh, yeah. You is have there, to. Is there a record off of Barriers that you thought this could be the one where everybody thinks I'm f***ing crazy? Oh, yeah. Every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every exactly. record? Is there one in yeah. particular? I, um... I think it's song by song, you know, uh, there's, there's definitely moments where you're, you're in the studio and you have this idea and you're like, this could be the greatest thing I've ever done. Or this could be like where everyone is like, oh, that's right. He's, he's like, he's out of his mind and they leave and never come back. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's always that. A new day. Did that actually start as a lullaby? It did. Yeah. And you just sat on the lullaby for a while? Well, it was one of these things where, uh, yeah. All right. So I wrote a song with my daughters, um, called, Best friends forever, and th that was their their. They started that, you know. They would sing it like really loud at each other. <laughs> this best friends, best friends forever, but not now kind of thing to taunt each other when they were like kind of having a fight. And so I thought, all right, well, a great way to like kind of bring this all together and, and make it a positive is to sit down with the guitar. We'll figure out a melody and we'll actually write a song. So we ended up writing this song, did a video for it and recorded it and all that stuff, and it was amazing. And so at night we will have this thing where I say like, all right, you want to hear a story or you want to you want to sing a song? What do you guys want to do? And if they pick a song, we usually will sing Best Friends because they know the, the words and they're a fan of it because they wrote it, right? Uh, <laughs> and then uh, so if you do a song, you're gonna you're gonna have to do two songs. And I was like, I don't have any other songs. So I wanted to write a song that I felt comfortable singing to them at night, like a sentiment that that they could go to bed with and wake up with a, you know, a fresh sense of, of, you know, the world is kind of like my oyster kind of thing. And so I started to, to come up with this idea of, of a new day's coming, you know, like, you know, we're, you know, we're going to wipe the slate clean and no matter what happened today, whether it was good or bad, like that doesn't matter. Like tomorrow's a new day and uh, it's the first day of the rest of your life kind of thing. And, and I, I wanted, I wanted to give them that, you know? So I had the chorus and I had a couple of ideas of how I wanted to go, but it, you know, I feel like songs are a lot like, uh, a lot like relationships, you know, sometimes you meet somebody in your life and you're like, yo, you're something really special and I'm something really special and together we could be like really amazing, but this is not the right time for us, you know? <laughs> and so you like, you know, you let them go and, and then hopefully down the line you meet again. But songs are a lot like that too. Like, you know, I had this idea, but I wasn't ready to, to commit. How'd you know you were ready? Um, I just, it just happened. Just happened. I, I, I tried on the last record. I tried to force it and it didn't work. And I knew, all right, all right, maybe this isn't the right time. But this record, you know, after everything that happened uh, between the last record and this record in my life, uh, I it just felt right. Like this was the time to do it, and it needed to be the first 
uh, song that you heard when you put the record on. Would you have ever thought years ago that you would have been making a song like A New Day for your daughters, but also one that has a message that is so beautiful and pure oh, and and needed? I'm not saying the other songs yeah, didn't no, have no, a no, message yeah. like that, but it's totally different. We're talking about light to darkness, like right. as basic as like colors. It's funny to me, though, because I, I've always felt like I wrote really positive songs, and then everybody's like, oh, man, your songs are so depressing. It's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> this is the first record though that I've written that people are like, "Oh, it's a really uplifting, like positive record." I'm like, oh, "Finally, I did it." <laughs> I've been trying for a really hard time, <laughs> long time, yeah. Zach Sang Show. Hello, beautiful human. I- I'm not a vitamin guy, but Care of makes it so easy. It's a personalized subscription service. Give yourself the support you need this season with a boost. Whether you're looking for energy, better sleep to maintain stress, or something else to help you feel your healthiest, Care of's online quiz will let you know exactly what you need. You answer easy questions like how much you're currently sleeping are you looking for more energy do you need something to help support weight management or are you looking to like grow out your hair or have healthier skin or nails it gets really personalized they'll get to know you and they'll give you exactly what you need and exactly what you're looking for depending on your personalized care of plan you're going to get daily vitamin packs and or protein powder sent right to your door it is so freaking cute it's customized your name's on the pack you're gonna love it I promise. Plus, you can modify your subscription at any time. So as your needs and your preferences change, preferences change, so can your subscription. You're never really locked in. Also, also, Care of is making sure that like you know exactly what you're putting into your body. And they want to make sure that everything that you put into your body is coming from the best source. Transparency is one of their goals. All of the information on everything they sell is always available on our website. And if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, they got supplements for you too that will really help kind of boost that diet and support that diet. So as you have specific diet needs, care of is totally around to help you out. If you're actually interested in vitamins and if you want 25% off your first care of order, I'll totally hook you up. Takecareof.com. Go there and enter the code Zach Sang. That is takecareof.com. Just enter the code Zach Sang if you want 25% off. Zach Sang Show. Why? Why do you feel like you write depressing songs usually? I don't think I do. <laughs> oh no. Why, well, why do you think that they're like? Why do you think other people see them as depressing and you don't? I don't know. It's a lot like like you know we're from Jersey, right? Like if you tell someone to go <laughs> themselves, like it's not like it depends on how you say it, right? Yeah. Like it's not always a bad thing. <laughs> not at all. I tell so, somebody to <laughs> yeah, today, and I yeah. meet it with love. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like yo, know, it. I think it's just. I think it's just the way I am. You know, I, I think like growing up on the East Coast, like you have this, there's this weird mentality where you, you can never think that you're, you're good at something because if you do, you're a jerk off <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, and, and you can't ever like, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like you can't ever not have that rough edge about you. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't let your guard down too much. I, I totally. Yeah. What you're it's saying. It's weird. Yeah. You're never soft. Like, no. Yeah. Because like you always think somebody's out to get you yes. at some point on something. Even in your softest moments, there's an edge there. Yeah. And as you say this, I think of about a thousand moments in my life where that is so obvious. Yeah. It's not until like you look back at it that you realize. I mean. Like, even when my kids give me a hug, I'm like, are they trying to steal my wallet? Yeah. <laughs> you question almost everything a everything. little bit. But even when you really mean it with love, the average person will, will take it with like, uh, ooh. Yeah. Did he really mean that? I know. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's I think it's, it's sometimes it's inflection. Sometimes it's um, what I think is 
see, here's the thing. I personally, I love, I love when things are, are beautifully broken, right? I, I think people aren't perfect. We're not supposed to be perfect. No one's fucking perfect, right? So this idea that we have to strive to be this, this image that we see on, on the internet or something like that, like, you're like, no, like, even if, even if there were people out there that were perfect, why would you want to be that person? Like, the only thing the world doesn't have is you. Like, we have everyone else. So the only thing that we need is you, and you're the only one that can give it to us. So celebrate that's wrong with you because that's what makes you unique. You know, like, those flaws, the things that people tell you are flaws, like, no. That's the stuff that you should, like, you should nurture and 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 build from like that's what's unique to you you're like no one is fucked up the way that you're fucked up you know what i mean yeah I, and and that's what I, I i try to celebrate i think in in songs and people are like oh man that's so depressing it's like no like that's that's be courageous in in showing what maybe isn't necessarily like you know like the feature that you would want to put forward like celebrate the stuff that scares the hell out of you the stuff that you feel uncomfortable about you know the things that are are uniquely you is that a lesson that you've had to learn over time or is that something you've always kind of known uh no i think i think over time i think you know it, it takes a while to to gain that 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 knowledge because like just like everybody else like i was young like i was i'm i'm insecure you know like i've always been that way you know I was a fat kid growing up that didn't really feel like they belonged anywhere. And, you know, like I found punk rock and, and I realized like, oh, I can do this stuff on my own, you know, for me and my friends. And, 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 and it took me a while to, to, to realize that I don't need anyone's permission. I don't need, uh, I don't need to, to prove myself to anyone but myself. You know, and no one can tell me how to be me. Mm -hmm. Does that happen while you're releasing music or does it happen before? Because I'm thinking, like, everything you just said, I feel like is missing in music today. Right, yeah. But what you said was representative of what pop punk used to be. Right. Right? Yeah, even Even when I was in middle school or my first early years of high school, like, it was My Chemical Romance, it was Green Day, it was Fall Out Boy, it was Panic. It was mm -hmm. like, you represented those with flaws and you gave right. everybody that hope, like... Just because you are different or not like everybody else, sees that moment, sees those things, yeah, and milk it. And well, I, I think that you have to. I mean, like, it doesn't make sense to to want to be something that you're not. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think that even if that even if you see an immediate happiness in 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 not being you know kind of pointed at and being uh, you know thought of as different, like you're not, that's not a happiness that sticks with you. You know because. Because it's not you, and you're going to feel uncomfortable and unhappy in that skin because it's not yours, you know? Totally. Um, I think with that that movement that you're talking about, I think um, what got weird and crazy and, and misconstrued was uh, the – people started to, to then gravitate towards a certain thing, and it became uh, almost a caricature of, yeah. of those sentiments. And then, uh, from there, um, you know, either people gravitated towards this caricature that they saw and, and, and thought, Oh, well, I don't fit anywhere else. I should fit in here. So I'm going to be that. And that's not great. Cause mm. it's kind of goes against what you started it from. And then also too, I think, um, we lost the ability to differentiate between good and bad attention. We just realized that we're getting attention and and that must be what i need and i think that that's a big problem that's happening 
in young people right now where they're they're looking for someone to notice them and they don't get that negative attention or positive attention you know difference they just know that people are paying attention to them they get likes or they get that's followers or something like that and it's kind of crazy kids today are th- three times more likely to want to be a youtube star when they grow up right. than an astronaut that's yeah but like growing up when i was growing up if a kid had a love for space or he was a math nerd or whatever like those are things that they seize do you know what i'm saying right, yeah. like even though there's always that asshole in class that made fun of you you always saw that and you wanted to kind of like explore it and expand upon it. Yeah. But now it's all Well, I think that it's right. attention. It's attention and I think it's also like, you know, like when you hear people say like, "Well, what do you want to be when you you grow up?" or like, "What do you want to do with your life?" Like, "What do you want to do?" and they say, "I want to be famous." Like, "Well, famous for what?" Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to be famous. Like, "Oh, f- man. That sucks." Freaky. And I said, <laughs> "Dad, are you scared a little bit?" Very, very. Um, so I think that I think instilling that though, like you're getting attention right now, or I'm praising you for something that you accomplished, or or uh, for you know for for failing, or for trying something and failing and getting it back up and doing it again, like that. Those are things. Those are accomplishments. The, those uh, those accomplishments garner attention. Like that. That's a good thing, as opposed to just like oh, here's a participation trophy, or like you know, like here's a you know. <laughs> I don't know, some sort of celebration for nothing. Like, Are we against that. participation trophies? <laughs> I, well, I think, a for effort? I think that um, it's, it's hard, right? Because like, you, have, you have kids, you don't want to see them sad. You want to you see them, like, you know, be happy all the time. But that's not life, yeah. you know? Uh, you can't have the sweet without the sour. You know, you can't, uh, you, you can't win all the time. That's, I'm not preparing you for what the real world is like if I give you... You know, if I rig the game every time. You're doing a disservice to your kid. I think so, yeah. Yeah, totally. Because terrible. they're going to be set up wrong. They're going to think that everything deserves to be handed to them. Yeah. And then you're going to be like Lori Laughlin paying half a million dollars <laughs> to get your kid into college. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, don't know. No comment? I don't know if it'll cost know. you that much to get him into Rutgers. <laughs> but also, you might get a, you might get him in there. I don't know. Well, here's the I went I went to Rutgers and you, I dropped out. I was just going to say, yeah. right? I know I shouldn't have done that. Well, here's, here's that's my thing about it. I want my kids to go to college, but I know what it's like. Like, because I went and I saw and I heard opportunity knocking and I was like, this is my one chance in a lifetime to do the thing that I want to do, like that I love more than anything. And so I got to say goodbye to like the the backup plan. And my my dad and my grandfather, like who I love and looked up to more than anyone in this world, were like severely disappointed in me. And, uh, and that was a hard one, you know, but you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta make your own way and you gotta, you gotta like, they can tell you so many stories about how like, this is like the pitfalls of this and that, but you gotta get your own scars. You know, I get it. You know, I can't fall off my bike for my kids. Like, you know, like they have to fall off their own bikes. How long did it take for your dad and your grandfather to come around? (laughs) Um, years. Uh, I think, (laughs) uh, I, you know, I, I'd been on, I had done a, 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 a lot of things, accomplishments, and 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 sold a lot of records, and had plaques and all this stuff. And then one time, one day, uh, my grandfather gave me a call, and he said that my birthday was in the Trentonian, which is the local Trenton newspaper. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Oh, I made it!" <laughs> yeah, and he was like, "Oh, you did it!" Yeah, like that was the that was the moment where he was like, oh, "Okay, it's all right that you dropped out of college." Yeah. But that must have felt amazing. It was. It was. It was. Yeah, I was like, but I mean, like. 
you know, I did all this stuff. Like, I or I could have like <laughs> fell down a well. It would like it was the, it's the same. <laughs> shit, you know what I mean? Like you still would have been in the paper. <laughs> local New Jersey man falls down <laughs> yeah, a well. Yeah. Also on his birthday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want to go back really quick to pop punk and it becoming a caricature of itself. Okay. Is that genre dead? Oh man. Um. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow up your mic. No, anytime. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it's it's hard to say because like these are like subgenres of subgenres of subgenres. Like you know, it's really it's just all rock and roll, right? I think the the issue that that you really have is when when people set out to make something. Uh, for a reason other than just creating. They say like, oh, I want to set out to make this band that sounds like this because this is what's popular and this plays to like this demographic. Like once you've said those words, you're f***ing done. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a big issue. You know what I mean? And then also too like, you know, I'm trying to, how do I, be, how do I say this in the right way? Um, it's weird to me, like there, I, there's classic bands. There's bands that have done this for years and years and years, and, and um, and and they do it well, and and those songs will live on, and 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 I love those songs, and I, I know a lot of people do love those songs, but there's something weird about seeing people that are forty plus sing like sing about weird high school and fart joke stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like it's there. That's a weird a weirdness. I don't. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just that's just for me. You know what I mean? Like the timeless of the records. There's a certain point where you got to graduate from that. I, th- I think so. I don't know. I, mean, I get I just, what you're saying. Yeah. There's certain things that, about my personality and things that I will always find funny, I'm sure. But like, m- I'm not the same person I was when I was 15. And I don't write the same songs that I did when I was 15. But I, I mean, some of those emotions are the same. I understand that. But uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I think it's a it's a fine line, you know. I, I think you, your emotions have to to evolve, and I think your songwriting has to evolve. So you're saying you're never gonna perform any Pensy Prep songs ever again? <laughs> never, never. <laughs> no, I don't, man. That's uh, funny. <laughs> um, that was your first band ever. That was yeah. That was that. Well, yeah, it wasn't my first band ever. It was the first record that that came out and like was signed to a label. So yeah. First band ever. You want to know what my first band ever was? What was it called? <laughs> uh, it was called Fountainhead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. There was something Thank prolific you. about that, I feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we, we had one song. I played drums in it. Cool. Uh, because I wanted to play guitar, but he was like, no, I play guitar. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was the first band. And then shortly after that, I played my first show with a band called Steve Weil and the Disco Kings. Whoa. Mm. No one was named Steve Weil. <laughs> I was going to say, we're No Steve. one played disco. Where'd yeah. the name come from? I... I think it was like a friend of somebody and like we 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 it was weird like I was a freshman in high school my friend Hambone was a, a, a senior he played guitar and found out that I played guitar so he came over one day and was like all right show me you know like what you can do and I played like probably like a Nirvana song or something he was like oh you can actually play right we're starting a band we have a gig in a month I was like oh okay he's like oh by the way our, our name is Steve Weil and Disco Kings so I was like what <laughs> the hell is happening so um we played maybe like three shows or something but that was like that was a big deal and <laughs> What's funny about that band is that uh, <laughs> there's many things funny about that band. One of the one of the funny things about that band is that uh, we in those those months where we had a few shows or whatever, we wrote like 25 songs 
Whoa. And every show, we thought we had to play every song that we wrote. <laughs> oh, my so God. So, like, the last show was at, like, a friend of a friend's birthday party. Oh, and we just, oh, we brutalized this party. <laughs> Two and a half hours like an later. hour and a half. Everyone's like, get these oh, guys off stage. No, I, seriously, yeah. Like, we just want to listen to the chicken dance or something. Like, please. <laughs> We're it was Steve. horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. How many bands have you been in over the years? Oh, my God. Oh, man. I, I, there's no way. I have no idea. So many. <laughs> so many bands. But Jersey's like that. Jersey's like a very like incestuous uh, pit of musicians. Like just everyone's playing in everyone's band and everybody. Like if you're a drummer, you're in six bands, you know, hands down. If you have a PA system, you're in everyone's band. <laughs> you're really, if your brother put on shows, you're in yeah. three bands. Like it's just like if you have a job at Staples, which I did, wow. you're in 12 bands because you <laughs> promo can get, cards. Yeah. Come you, on. You get stickers for free. You get flyers for free. Did you ever play the Marlboro Rec Center? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I've been to a few shows there. Yeah. Some good times. You know? Starland. Starland. Boundbrook. I used to Whoa. play at the New Palace all the time. Uh, Lynnhurst American Legion Hall. Uh, <laughs> I played outside of a, a hot dog stand in Rutherford. Oh, wow. I've played, you name it, I've played. I played on the back of a flatbread. A flat, a flatbread. <laughs> a flatbread. Yeah, a flatbread <laughs> bread truck. Flatbread bread truck. <laughs> I want to see that. Uh, uh, in, in Nutley. And at that, <laughs> I re I'll remember this too because like the band was called Hybrid and they listed us as Hybrid. And we were so mad. And our singer was like, I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm not going to play unless they change the flyer. I was like, no one cares. <laughs> What's here to see us? Like, who the hell do you think you are? It's a, it's a fair. Like, no one's here. Isn't it crazy to think, though, you've played at fairs and then you've played in front of, like, 100,000 people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, there's no, how do you get to 100,000 people unless you play the fair? Yeah, man. That's a good point. You right? can't get there. I mean, there's people who well, do skip over. On a little Nas X, I don't think he ever played at a fair. Who? Lil Nas X, Old um. Town Road. He went straight <laughs> oh, to the I'm top. I'm sure he's playing a fair right now. <laughs> I'm sure there's a fair, uh, right? A, probably saw, a big fair. Yeah, oh, yeah. But, you know, still a fair. That's that's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how big that fair is. It's still, there's somebody's <laughs> winning fish by throwing a, fing, a ping pong ball in a thing. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> that is such a New Jersey <laughs> thing. Yeah. Dude, I had so many goldfish that yeah. died within oh, they, a day. They're, yeah, they're disposable animals. I felt the so shame. bad. Because the shame. you were really winning the worst goldfish out of the bunch, you know? Yeah, well, think about this, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to get, like, letters of it. <laughs> don't do this any further. But, I mean, it's almost like, you know, like, you're the Kevorkian of, of goldfish at that point because like you're, you're like choosing. they're just like packed in this f***ing tank they get put in a bag like just that fish is just like kill me I, just kill me that's why, that's why he dies in a someone day someone kill me yeah he wants to go yeah I mean I think yeah I think you're doing it a favor but by the way it is pretty wild to, to take a just a listen back to, to all the different groups you've been in and really you performed in front of 100,000 people, yeah. but you can't have one without the other. No, yeah. And do you think there is longevity for artists who skip over those coveted hot dog stand moments or those coveted being th somebody throwing a beer at you? <laughs> coveted. I don't situation? think it's coveted. You, you learn something, <laughs> I, don't you? I No, I definitely learned a lot. I learned a lot from every experience, good and bad. Um, but I don't know. I mean— who says, I think if the if the art is valid, and whether it gets recognized immediately or after you're dead, like who cares? You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't know. I, it's it's unfortunate, you know, that like you know, there's there's artists out there that that suffer their entire life playing to no one, die in in, in squalor, 
And then eventually somebody finds a tape somewhere and is like, oh my God, like this is amazing. You know, like that that sucks, but you know, it, it, it that's what happens, you know? Uh, and then there's people that, you know, write one song and go uh, uh, immediately to the top and, and everybody gets to enjoy it. And that's a great thing, you know? It, it's, who knows, you know? And I don't know. Why do you make music still today? What is it that motivates it? I have to. It's like breathing. You know, I, I can't not, like, have a song pop in my head and then immediately, like, just pick up a, a recorder and, and start recording it. You know, like, I have literally thousands of voice memos on my phone, some of which will turn into songs, some of which I just needed to get down at the moment, you know. How often are you doing that? I just did it today at K-Rock. Oh, we, we were just there. So what happens? I don't know. It's it's a couple of chords. But but I don't know what it'll, it will turn into. I you don't know. have synesthesia, right? Yes. Yeah. So do you see colors? Do you see objects? What do you see? I see colors. Yeah. Like, but for me, um, it's like for in record form. Like, like the first record to me is Pink, and uh, the first record that we yeah. did together, right? It's the Celebration record. So Stomach Aches is is a Pink record. Um, Parachutes has always been a blue record. And uh, from the moment we started writing uh, uh, Barriers, it was a yellow. And, and that's actually, th- yeah. that comes through in the, the album artwork. Yeah, and that's that's why I think that I l- enjoy doing that so much is because I, I know what it needs to be. To You know what I mean? So I, I, I like it being so hands-on with that because I could see it already. But at what point in the creation process do you see a color? <sighs> How many songs in? Do you see it from the get-go or? It depends. Uh, this was pretty early on. Yeah. Yeah, this was always yellow to me. I don't know. I I wonder, though, too, if it's, like, the emotion that I go into the writing process with. I don't, I don't so know. Yellow means you're happy going into this one, right? What song started it? The song that started this, this process, uh, mm, good question. Uh, I think the first full song that we did as a band was Young and Doomed. Uh, the first song that I wrote, though, for this record, if I were to, like, go all the way back... Was either the the beginnings of New Day or um, or the Unfortunate? Uh, there was also the beginnings of uh, Six Feet Down Under was was early on. A New Day makes sense for Yellow, but Yellow yeah. could have its own meaning because I I think it's what is Six Feet Under to you? Is that is Six Feet Down Under was was me trying to make sense of the accident that happened like. Uh, almost three years ago in Sydney. But yeah. do you see that as a positive thing that you use to heal or I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, if I were to, if I were to try to put it into some sort of like, you know, plan, maybe it's like, it's a fall color, right? It's like that, that maybe it's the seeing that, um, that situation kind of come to an end and die off. You know what I mean? Like this thing that was so huge and, and such a, uh, uh, a monumental debilitating, like, uh, event in my life. Like it had such power over me. Like seeing that kind of wither away was huge. Like it's hold on you. Yeah. Like, cause once I, I am able to write a song about something and once I'm able to, to, to verbalize and, 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 and um, put a, a melody and words behind what I'm feeling, uh, I am able to define that that situation, and um, and then it you know it, it becomes real, but I also have control over it. I get it. You know it. what I mean? As opposed to it just being there and controlling controlling me. Yeah, it's yeah. yours. Once you name something, like it's like yeah, it belongs I got to you. you. Yeah. Is it hard to perform that song live? 
We haven't. Really? Yeah. It's Why weird, too. I, well, I think that with songs, right, like, so, all songs need to be written. But do they need to be played over and over and over again? I don't know. You know, uh, I remember hearing in an interview once that um, uh, our friends of the Get Up Kids, they, they had performed a song uh, called... Uh, I think it was I think it was newfound interest in in Massachusetts, and someone had asked like, "How come you never play that song live?" And they said, "We got it right the first time. We would. Why should we do it again?" You know. And I was like, "Oh wow, that's so interesting. I never thought of it that way. Like, you know, if you got if you if you nailed something, would you do it again? <laughs> no. And 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 get it wrong. You know what I mean? So I, I think since they they have actually played that song because people just want to hear it so bad. But like, you know, that that's an interesting way to think about things. I also think about you know. There's songs like uh, a song that I wrote for my grandfather, like when he passed away. Uh, it's a song off of uh, Parachutes. I never need to go through that emotion again. Um, I needed to get it out because I needed to expel that. But um, for my own, for my soul, like I don't need to do that song again. Yeah. Young and Doomed. How? What event is that that you need to get out there and have in your control? Right. Well, that song I think is is about a lot about predetermination, you know, and how. You know, we can, we can, we can want the best for, for our offspring, right? Like we can, you know, get them the, the, you know, the best doctors, the best school systems. We can give them everything they possibly ever want. But there's certain things that are um, innate and things that are handed down through, you know, the blood that runs through our veins. Uh, Things like, you know, depression and, and addiction and all these things. Like they rear their heads, whether we, you know, have done everything we possibly can or not, you know. Uh, and and that song's a lot about that kind of stuff about um, being your own worst enemy and and um, knowing that there's this predetermined path for for feeling a certain way. So why do you want to include the "I'm not okay" lyric? It fits so well. I think also too, like yeah, you know, it was one of those things where I I was writing the the lyrics for that song, and um, and I knew the song was important, and and I wanted to get it correct, and it just came out as I was writing in my basement, I was like, oh my God, that's so good. And I was like, at the same time, I was like, it's going to get a lot of attention. Do I, again, do I want that attention? Is that negative attention? Is that positive attention? Are people going to miss um, what's being said in the song just looking for this line? And I started to think about that a lot and I thought, well, maybe people will, will, will get where I'm trying to reference in here and not really, you know, try to, I don't know, be like, oh, is it because he his best friend you know I mean? like <laughs> like i wanted to want people to like to realize that there's these universes you know what i mean it's not it's not just about some fucking weird meme that people <laughs> make about the members like it's like listen to the songs that we were writing and, and what was being said in there um and i like that you know like in a in a comic book when you find out like one superhero is uh in the same universe as another like it references another body of work and i think that's kind of awesome it breaks on that fourth wall but but I'm here for it all day. Okay. <laughs> because it is how you build an actual universe. Yes, exactly. It's something that's bigger than just that one, and it gives any fan who truly cares and invests the opportunity to connect all the dots uh, and really be invested in all of it as opposed to just one. Um, what is what is the connection between that line and the message of the overall song? So, well, I think it's 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 gaining the power of that not being okay. Like, that's a huge thing to realization to come to. And it, it's, it's okay to not be okay. Like, um, we get so concerned about wanting people to, to perceive us as, as being 
you know, oh, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, don't worry about it, like, you know, like, there's no problems here. Like, everybody's got problems, like, we're full of issues. We just don't want to say it. We just don't want to say it, yeah. Like, that that idea that we we can't break that that porcelain, we, we have to keep this facade up, like, that we got it all figured out. No one has it figured out, you know, like... And we're old enough now, right? How, how old are you guys? I'm 28. 28? 26. All right. So well, I'm a little bit older, right? Like, I'm going to be 38. I, I have kids now. Like, I'm I'm my parents when when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, my God. My my parents have it figured out. No, they don't. <laughs> like, your parents don't have it figured out. No one has it figured out, man. We just, we just do what we think is right and we do our best. But we all have problems. Like, there's, real life is crazy. But... Why isn't music showcasing that in a way that is mainstream anymore? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Right. Well, I think some of it is, but some, you know, some of it too is I think people don't want to have to deal with that. I think that's what it is too, you know. The escape yeah. is, you know, they they just want something like we to always put on escape. And yeah, and not think about it. But but what what was your music before? And the music that we're listening to today? Mm-hmm. Was it an escape? Was it reality? Was it a combination of both? See, I liked when people told me stories that were were based in reality. Um, that was the stuff that I I really got into. Like I remember, like all right, so like one of my favorite punk bands of all time, uh, Bouncing Souls. I remember them writing songs about like walking through the city and their friends and like hanging out at, like the cocktail lounge, the holiday cocktail lounge, and like thinking about this universe. Like, what is their life like? You know, you know. Uh, it's a long walk through the city in the rain. It's a long walk from train to train. Like thinking about, like, oh my god, like they're, you know, like what is this like? Like living in 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 the city, like you know, being in this band, like touring the, the country, and like talking about, like writing songs about shows, and like that was huge for me. You know, that was like it was like folk punk rock. Like I was learning about this world that I wanted so badly to be a part of. So, do you write about escapes? Do you write for reality? Do you get what I'm saying? Right. I I write from personal experience. I I. I find it very difficult for me to invent a world and 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 just write like fictional things. Like the things that I write about are the things that I've experienced in my own life where I've witnessed people go through in firsthand. Yeah, the, yeah, I I draw inspiration from from living. Has it always been like that? Always. Yeah. Yeah. I and I find it I wonder what it's like to be able to just you know, like fabricate with, a story. Yeah, fabricate a story. Like that's yeah. got to be so, like, because I think about how draining it is to to think and overthink and and to live these 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 songs. Like, as much as I love making records, it takes everything out of me. So I wonder, like, wow, if I just like talked about some fake <laughs> bull, like would that it, it'd be. I'd be happy, right? Like, I wouldn't have to. I don't think you'd be fulfilled. I don't think so either, but. And I think the people who do it the right way are, they're drained in their own way because it's through empathy. And they hear a story a lot. Mm -hmm. We've, I'm hella blessed. I get to talk to a lot of incredible musicians. And I've heard stories of all different types of how people do it. And Sam Smith can hear a friend's story over and over again and then craft this beautiful hit record after it. Or like Alec Benjamin, for instance. If you haven't checked him out, I would. So recommend it. Okay. He like does retellings of Aesop's fables. Oh wow. But you won't know until you dig down into the lyrics. That's like, crazy. It's Alec Benjamin. Okay. Worth your time. All right. I I'll check it out. Promise you that. Right on. But like he's not always rarely writes about reality. It's wild. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's it's That's like yeah, like fantasy metal. Like that's gotta be crazy, man. Like <laughs> writing about orcs. <laughs> like it's gonna be so nuts. 
Think about that. You <laughs> Where, how do you even get how there? How do you get there? I have no idea. How do you do that? Easy. <laughs> what mental yeah. state do well, you enter? Think about enter? this. Like, have you ever heard that band Dust? No. It's Marky Ramone's like first band. It's like a fantasy metal band. It's dope as shit. It's so good. And the orcs? Yeah. The trolls? Dude, yeah. Like on the cover of the record, there's like a troll holding like a sledgehammer. It's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty cool. The best. <laughs> what do you, you think? You know I think it's interesting about you? You could like be in a band now. You're like, you open for Taking Back Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. But then like at the same time, you could go and be like the headliner. Is that weird? Like going, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's no. like you guys went from being a headliner. Now you're in a new band. You're opening for Taking Back Sunday. Right. Is it kind of weird to think about it like that? Um. Well, I think that, you know, you're talking project to project, like my chem to to this or like yeah, any, any like, other bands. Yeah. Um, I feel like one doesn't doesn't dictate the other. You know what I mean? Like, uh, just because I did this, this, and this with one band doesn't mean that when I get into like say like if I tour with like Leathermouth or like Death Spells or or my own projects, like that doesn't have any bearing on on this. You know what I mean? Like, you still got to start from scratch and start from square one. Is that important for you? I think so. I mean, yeah, like. Because real talk, any agent would make sure that that wouldn't have to happen. But I feel like that kind of, like, motivates you. I th- well, I think it's, it, you have to earn it. Like, every project has to, it, 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 yeah. One doesn't, like, piggyback off the other. It doesn't work that way. I, in my, at least in my head, I don't think so. Because yeah. I, I, I respect that. Because I think there's a lot of people who wouldn't, who wouldn't do that. Well, Honestly. I yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I only know one way to do it. <laughs> but it's cool. Yeah, no, it's fun. Here's the thing, too, is, like, people ask, like, Oh, what's what's more fun, like playing this type of venue or this type of show, or you know, it's all all fun, man. It's all it's all different, you know. I don't I don't feel m- more at home in a in a basement or 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 in a an arena. Like I, I just I love playing music, and you have to think it. about it in a different way. Like your approach is definitely different, but I enjoy both. Yeah, yeah, because you fulfilled no matter what. It's not about yeah. the size of the venue; it's the fact that you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. That's how you know. That's how you know. That's how they get you. Boom. <laughs> Are you trying to separate your lives? Like, you're in the, the, the My Chem life. Obviously, everyone knows about that. And mm-hmm. then you have, like, what you're doing today. Is it important that you separate the two? Because I'm sure a lot of people just right. want to know, like, what went on. How was it? What was, like, being in the band? But then you're like, okay, well, I'm this age. I'm doing this now. Let's focus on this. You mean, like, in like press and, like, interviews Yeah, and press, stuff? interviews, just fans. Well, here's what I don't like. I, I don't mind talking about anything that I've done because I'm proud of everything I've yeah. done. What I don't like is when someone will will sit down with me and talk about, say, like, this project for an hour and then at the end of it be like, oh, by the way, ask, like, one question about my chem and then throw that at the title of it so that someone clicks a link on it. And it's like, that, first off, you and I are both too smart for this yeah. dumb shit that you're doing. Two, no one is going to be excited when they click that link because you don't have any information. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I had something to say about that, like, we would, that's what this interview would be about. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that whole, like, grabbing clicks is just, it makes you look like a dick and, <laughs> and, and pisses everybody off. Like, that does nothing to me. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is how I want to start the whole conversation. That's <laughs> right at the top. Right? I mean, you know. No, because it's 100% true. Yeah. It is what people do because they're looking, it's, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about, clickbait. like, yeah, it's clickbait for advertisers that, you know, whatever. I, I get it, but, don't do that. Like that's then people aren't gonna go to your site anymore because they don't like you don't have any information. No, because there's no yeah. integrity. If integrity yeah. doesn't matter, then what is there to gravitate towards? 
That's I, do you think though because everything's so fleeting anyway, no one really cares. I, I it's mean, it's a grab. It's really sad that we do deal with an audience or a public that has a very short attention span. But the one thing I have noticed is that people choose to remember when they choose to remember. They store things away, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it depends on how how intense our wrongdoing is. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. Like if people are just looking for information, you might have to you you might face a few crappy comments. But ultimately what that comes down to is who you choose to talk to. Because I think right. different people choose to play different games. And we play a long-term game. I hope to have you on our show for as long as I choose to do radio, which... I'm moving in. I'm just going to stay here. Gonna, the dude, I got yeah. candles for days. <laughs> but, like, I'm 26. I got 30 years left. Right. A lot of people that you're talking to are playing this short gotcha game. And, like, maybe they're right. trying to, like, make a name for themselves in the middle of the country or whatever. It's like everybody has their own motives. Yeah. My motives true. are... Talking about music that matters and building quality relationships that last forever. I like that motive. Dude, that's a good one. But if somebody puts that in a headline, I'm just looking <laughs> right, at the other right, way. Right. If somebody puts it in the headline, they could learn more about you that they didn't know before. Like if somebody, somebody that's clicking just for that isn't looking to, they're to gonna scan scrub ahead. Going to skip yeah. until they hear what they want to hear. Yeah. Boom. And, yeah. Uh, good point. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, if- I, I I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah, but yeah, it does, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be you know, positive. No, no, no. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? Here's the thing. Like, <laughs> it, it'd be different if, like, if it wasn't like a when you put something in, like, in a headline or something like that. You're promising to tell that story, right? If you're if you're doing it just to like, I don't know, just to like grab you in, and then now it's like, ah, gotcha. Here's shit. <laughs> like, you know, you're not gonna have someone really stick around. I don't know. They're not clicks yeah. you want. Yeah, exactly. They're they're not. You're not grabbing attention for the right purpose. Right. So the retention on that is going to be poor. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. Like, you're not going to turn those clicks into fans. They're not going to be there and like what they hear. It's a mess. (laughs) I I get what you're saying. That's internet culture, sadly. Which, by the way, it's all attached to everybody showing the world exactly what they want the world to see and living everything through a filter and doing whatever it takes to just grab that like or grab that initial view. I agree. I totally agree. It's a world world we live in. It's It's fantasy metal. (laughs) <laughs> it's it a is. world of fantasy metal. What, what did you? What do you think of the term or phrase emo? Um, well, I think it's been so like bastardized and diluted that I, I don't even know what it means anymore. You know? Yeah. I think that it started out uh, as short for um, emotional, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, all right, I think like when you hear about like, oh, there's emo night. It's like, oh, okay, do you go there and you like listen to the Cure? I'm like, no. Uh, all right, well, is it like weird? Like, like like early J Tree stuff. Like, no, it's this isn't it. It's oh it's it's just it's like pop bands disguised as as real bands. Like, all right. That's weird to me. You know, it like when you when you use it now to just describe like a shitty haircut, like that that sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I, I feel like a lot of of bullshit got lumped into it, like into this term. And that's why I think people like really rebelled against it. So know? when I think of like emo bands, it's like all time low like uh-huh. I guess panic, but not anymore. Kind of like Hawthorne Heights. Would you not consider that in that genre? I would say that I don't know those bands well enough to know if they're emotional. But um, when I think of emo, I think of Mineral. I think of, um, geez, I think of uh, Knapsack. Um, I think of, uh, um, I think of The Cure. Uh, I think of Embrace. Um, you know, that's what I think of. Was this a part of the yeah. whole characterization or like the caricature of pop punk music? 
Was the emo haircut and the emo kid all a part of that? I, you mean like later on? Yeah, because I think so. I think what I think that's where it where it went to was like, um, oh, people are that are sad and and like have have like weird makeup like, and then it became this like. Yeah, like this weird cartoon, cartoon yeah, kind of thing. It, it kind of bummed me out because I'm a Warp Tour kid. I was raised on Warp right. Tour and Bamboozle, and kills me every summer that I don't see the Bamboozle Festival take over the freaking <laughs> parking lot of Giant Stadium. Right, annoyed about it. <laughs> but you like, seem annoyed. <laughs> I'll get going. Um, but, but like, it was around that time that like I had the haircut that covered uh-huh. one of my eyes. Oh, I had that and, haircut. <laughs> I was wearing the fat bracelets, the I, Jack Vanek bracelets, uh, to write love on her arm. My sister's in the other room. She still rocks it. She still goes to Warped Tour every year. Um, I feel like that whole thing went away, and it just destroys me. And, like, I think, you know, you made a good point when we were talking about what is pop punk and the caricature and the cartoon it's kind of became. Right. It destroys me because it was such a, a hub. It meant something Safety and yeah. community for so many. Right, and whenever there was those groups that kind of crossed over into that mainstream light, it was like yes, just I don't know. It was, yeah, no, you felt I, represented. I agree, I agree with that because I remember like you know hearing uh, like bands like you know at the drive-in and 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 Thursday on the radio, uh, and and being like, oh my god, like these are these are kids like me, like these are these are real bands, you know, bands that I saw, I saw those bands in VFW halls at the Wayne Firehouse, like you know what I mean, like. <laughs> Midtown's on the radio. Like this is crazy. Newfound Glory's on the radio. Like yeah. I know these bands. Um, this is real, and that was confidence that like, hey, guess what? It's not far away. Like, like this doesn't feel like Oz anymore. You know, it's not this made up, uh, you know, upper echelon of bands that are that are making it. You know, it's anyone can do this. Like I can write a song in my basement and f-ing, like get on the radio. Like that's crazy. Like Thursdays on. The- radio that's awesome it made it real it made it real yeah and like then all of a sudden the video started showing up on mtv and it was like yeah. oh my god this is amazing and then major labels started calling the practice studio and it was weird <laughs> it was real weird yeah. because everybody wanted something like that because people there was a a need for that genre of music a little bit i i guess so yeah i i just know that we we wanted so badly to be um you know, heard, you know, we, we just, we wanted so badly to, to be out there touring and, and to, to have a chance, just to have a shot, you know? And, and you felt like as a young person, like when, you know, how do you get your shot? Like how do, how do, how do you get people to listen? You know, even if they hate it, like I just want people to hear it. And, uh, and that was, you know, that was the early two thousands of like, you know, MySpace and stuff like that. And that's how you got heard. And it was like, it was insane. Because people heard it and they were like, I've never heard anything like this. You know, I want to pay attention to what's being said here. What was it? Why did you know? What was it about wanting to be heard? Did you feel like you had a message that needed to get out there? Did you feel like you were doing something that was unlike anything else? Well, I definitely think we, you know, like, especially um, that Jersey, Long Island scene was... (laughs) was unique yeah you know it didn't sound like everything else that was going on you know um there were certain offshoots that we had like camaraderie with like you know there was a a couple of you know communities and bands in like say like north carolina and 
and Florida. Like there was these but like all East Coast. It was a lot of East Coast, you know, and and the majority of the bands were 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 centralized in that Jersey uh, scene. Um, uh, it was I don't know, man. You know, people people always wanted to be like, oh, it's the new Seattle. It's like, well, I don't know about that, but it was it was just a community of bands that like that. You know what I think it is? There were so many bands that you needed to be good. Like, there's only so many. There's a finite amount of shows, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're a if you're a band in the, in this this scene in Jersey, like you got to fight for for these spots. Like you had to fight for the people that like your band, and and you got to fight for these spots on the show. So like you have to be so good. And you're seeing all these other bands get better and better, and you're like, oh my god, no, I have to get you better. Step up your game. Yeah. There's constant awareness of the competition. And for my cam, when things really got crazy was when Murder by Death, or at that time, Little Joe Gould came to New Jersey because Thursday found them in Indiana when they were on tour. They signed the eyeball. They came to, to, to Jersey. We saw them play, and we heard their record, and we were like, oh, my God. This is this is way more than, than anything else anyone else is doing. Like, We need to really think outside the box now. And we started to get even more cinematic and, and, and start to look to like classical music for for inspiration and that's when things started to branch off and explode wow yeah so from challenging yourself you got to where you're at yeah i think that every time i've been put in a room or in a band with somebody that was that i knew or felt was better than me that inspired me i i got exponentially better and that was just how much i love like playing with people that that are better than me like the band that i'm in right now like you know playing with 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 kaylee and and matt and tucker and evan like they inspire me to like to to up my game and and that's that's huge man like when i got in a band with with ray and 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 gerard and mikey and at that time otter was in the band like you know i had to get better to join my camp did, i just had to get better did you feel at the gate that you weren't good enough to be around them yeah yeah but you can't let anybody again that's yeah, the jersey you can't let anybody know yeah right and you have to fake it till you make it and then you just and you grind dude it's fake it till you make it and you and work then, your yeah. ass off until you get to what you're saying Absolutely, you can man. do Always grind it out, man. <laughs> grind, grind, grind. We, there was, I mean, people will tell you, like, old school, like, warped heads, right? Well, they'll, they'll tell you, man, like, we, the first time we had, like, a bus, we couldn't just sit on the bus and chill. We, we had the bus gutted. <laughs> we did. We had the bus gutted. We put in stations so that we could rehearse and write the next record while on Warped Tour. Wow. That's what really? we did. We played maybe, you know, um, realistically, five to four hours a day in that bus. Whole oh, and you did yeah. a show. And a show. So what years was that? Do you remember? I mean, we wrote songs for I guess that was two thousand three, two thousand four, two thousand five, maybe. You know, that, that three year period. At, at what point did you know that you were good enough to be along these guys? In my chem? Yeah. Um well if you think about it right, like so like the first record was basically written I had to write on top of that record. So I only wrote like maybe three songs with them on that record the next record when i started to write i think uh for, so for like three cheers and and became i guess like uh you know part of the the main melodies like a lot of those like uh you know like melodic guitar parts that are that are either going against or with vocals is, is usually what i would bring to the table and i think i remember recording Helena in 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 LA and the 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 engineer's name was Mike Plotnikoff and uh and I played my part for the choruses of Helena and he, I remember him like hitting the end when I finished the taking he was like that's a great chorus and being being like really 
<laughs> I wrote that. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, cool. And then you yeah. knew. And then you like, yeah, that's when I was like, oh, thank God. All right. You could finally like exhale and be like, all right, no one's going to throw me out <laughs> while well, in my sleep. Like, I'm not going to wake up and like, oh, my <laughs> fact around me. <laughs> Which is a post it note that yeah, says, yeah, yeah. see you later. Yeah, it's just a <laughs> off. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that people are still singing that today? That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it, what's what's insane to me is that um, you know we'll play shows, and there's young people still coming like coming to our shows, finding out about this band, and then still and then also even younger people like coming to shows like, wearing my chem merch and just finding out about that band. Really? And it's like, wow, how did you find out about this band? And it's like it's being passed along from like older siblings or uh, old friends and. And it's how I found out about bands that I loved, you know? Mm-hmm. You know like, I remember, you know, coming up in, like, in high school and being like, I'm never going to get to see Jawbreaker, but I love Jawbreaker. You know, it, it happened before me. Um, you know, The Misfits or, or uh, you know, Girl Biscuits and stuff like that. Of course, now, like, some of those bands are playing again. But, like, you know, I remember being in high school and being like, all my favorite bands are dead. <laughs> like, I felt like <laughs> Marcy going to school. Like, it was crazy, you know? But, uh, it, but it didn't change the way that I felt about those bands and how they shaped you know, my, my upbringing and how much I love them, you know, uh, and to be that band for somebody else, like, that's amazing. That's crazy. I st- it still doesn't make much sense. Like, I feel like that band's bigger now than it ever was. It's yeah. crazy. It, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Are there records of yours that you're happy knowing will live forever? All of them. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's unreal. Like, that's like, one of those pipe dream things that, like, I would never say that, by the way. Like, I like, can. I, I, to say, like, oh, I, I hope this record lives on forever. Like, but that's what you're doing when you make a record. Like, that record will be there forever. You know, will people listen to it? Who knows? But, like, that that's a huge thing That's to, that people will listen to that forever. And, and, like, it's strange to me to, to be, say, like, you know, to ha- come out with a new record and then be on the cover of a magazine and then two months later be on the cover of the same magazine as, like, a classic artist. Like, that's crazy. What is that? What does that say to you? It says I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty wild. But it also says something about the validity of all the music you've created. And and it does great stories, great music in general, kind of stands the test of time. And beyond that, like, I don't know. It's, I'll keep going back to it. I feel like the stories that you've been telling for many years are stories that aren't really told in music anymore. So people crave it. People want it. Whether it's from you today or from My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I mean, I hope so, you know? I hope that I'm, I'm doing something that, that, that people enjoy, but it doesn't affect that I'll, why I do it or, or, or if I'll keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, that's just an added bonus. That's like icing on the cake. Like, you know, when you write a song that you love, that, that high, you can ride that high for, for, for months. You know what I mean? Maybe even a year. Uh, but when people sing it back to you at a show, it's like, oh, my God, like, that's really cool. Is there any song you used to perform with My Chemical Romance that you actually miss performing? Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Some of the songs are really fun to play. Um, because you talk about just people hitting, like that energy of the crowd just hitting you oh, back yeah. with the record. That that never gets old. Like, you know, even if it's a song that you've played a million times, like to play a song and have people just like sing louder than the band is, like that's... <laughs> insane it's, it's power it, it really is you know and uh to be able to to do that in multiple projects is that's crazy i feel so blessed to be able to do that kind of stuff it's it doesn't feel real it's something you know i mean like 
all I ever wanted was to be in a band and to write songs that people like would maybe sing along to. Like that's all I ever wanted. That was my dream, you know. And uh, I, I didn't think I'd ever get it. You know what I mean? Like, but to to be here now doing this for like twenty years finally, you know, yeah, it's you, crazy. You were making New Jersey proud. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and New Jersey's never proud. <laughs> yeah, but let's but be I honest about it. They really don't give. <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you that they're happy. When you're talking about people singing back to you, what do you remember from the Reading Festival in 2011? Because that performance was amazing. It changed his life. Oh, were you there? No, I wasn't there, but I watched it on (laughs) YouTube all the time. Oh, right on. That was was a dream come true. That was, I remember, (laughs) it's funny. I remember thinking as I was playing, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. Uh, And then also thinking like, oh my God, um, Brian May's coming up soon. That's right. And I better f-ing nail it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I will remember that for the rest yep. of my life. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was crazy, man. I still can't believe I mean, that's that feels like a dream, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only reason that I know it's not is because I see footage. I can see footage of it. Yeah. You can watch with Dan yeah. once a week. If you want to watch <laughs> the other one day, I'm down. I've seen it probably twenty times. Oh man. That's it, awesome. It was such a good performance. It's uh it was a I, there was a lot. There's a lot to unpack about that time in, in the band, right? And and the the mindset behind it because we had had bad experiences at festivals, uh, at, at Reading, at Download, and, and things of that nature. Like there was a very combative uh, feeling. Uh, and then also too, if you know, you really know all the ins and outs of the band. Like at that point too, like we were pretty sure that the drummer that that's on that 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 show that recording that was was stealing from us and kind of us over and it was really crazy like there was a real weird thing happening um but we knew that this was an important show we weren't going to let him take that from us uh so there's there's so much well, do you let happening. him know that you know before you go on stage <sighs> no you can't well i this is a very weird touchy conversation to have i that that whole thing really broke my heart because I he was a really good friend. I I thought he was a really good friend. I I had a walk like a walk and talk with him like re, like around that time. Like hey, listen, if there's anything going on, you should you could tell, you might not be able to tell anybody. You could tell me like please like you know like feel like you can tell me anything. Blah blah blah. And he was like, yeah, no, that's cool, man. And then like two weeks later, like we caught him. Oh, and was he him. with you guys from the beginning? No, 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 no. This was like uh, this was somebody else. That came in, but he would. I, I I feel in my heart that he would have been, uh, he would have been the the drummer for my come. I think I think all of that like that stuff like really played a role in, and I think having the band come to a close. But I think it's it was everything was for the best. I I can't even imagine the whole situation because even bringing any new member into any band, right? Whether the band's been around for a few weeks or years, that's a hard situation. Yeah, I mean, musically it's hard, business it's hard. There's new personalities that now can clash with the group. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Like it's a lot. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, lot. it's a shame, man. It's a shame. It's one I I it's one of those things that I still can't make sense of in my head. All these years later, it it's it was it really was a a real painful one. It was really really fucked up. Yeah, I feel your pain. Yeah, you know here's the thing. Like you know when you when you when you are in a band situation with somebody, you're you're you know you tour with somebody, you. you you live life together. You live in such close quarter, quarters. You become really close, yeah. you know, and, and you think of them as family. 
You and have to. You have to, yeah. And then when that doesn't work out, like I remember, you know, recently I, I had a relationship with a, a, a musician that like I was like, oh man, like, you know, like we're we're like family you know, kind of thing. And, and then found out later on that it, the friendship was didn't really mean much to that person. And that's like that that hurts so bad, you know, but that's it's life. You know what I mean? That is life. Yeah. It but it, it still hurts. It still hurts. Yeah. I'm like, I, I understand that situation too well. And it really, no. But you learn from it, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, no, you do. And here's what you, you learn is to not cut yourself off completely because you're going to miss out in the grand scheme of things. It's it's easy to be like, oh, you know what? I'm never going to like, you know, care for another friend or or look out for somebody else or yeah. like consider them family and let anybody else in. Like, I'm going to be a hard-nosed prick the rest of my life. Like, nah, like, why do that? You know? That, that... You suffer more than anybody else. But that's not something you learn right away. No, no, it's true. Yeah. It's I'm true. sure after that drum fucked you, you every wall went up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You probably went on red alert. Yeah, well, I everybody's think integrity. That was yeah, that was a rough one. I think it, within that band, like it that really that really broke us hard. And and, and I think I, I don't I don't want to say that it was like the final straw, but it, it was one of the final straws of the band. I'd just be like, you know what? This is let's the the curtains are going to close on this but because it's yeah. hard to move forward with a clear, I mean, tr- vulnerable, but also like you need to have a mind that trusts those around you, right? Yeah, I think so. I it, well, again, that, I think that goes back to you know being an artist and, and having that that thin skin that, yeah. um, you know, able to 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 take in and put out uh, all this emotion and and really you know make sense of the things that you're experiencing around you. Um, that's hard, man. It's it's difficult to do that uh and still be sane at the end of it <laughs> you know what i mean and then have like healthy relationships it's crazy as you bring up emotional barriers i think it's the right time to tell everybody to listen to barriers no, thank you. I have another question yeah. or two. okay oh, cool. frank iero in the the future violence well i just see a lot of people online commenting on how young you look that, and how you haven't aged in years i don't know if that's true but is it the veganism <laughs> Definitely, I don't know. Is it all the beyond the stress patties? of trying to find vegan food? <laughs> Actually, in New Jersey, yeah, that's your problem. In Jersey, bro. it's stressful. Here, it's like it's we go on an eating like splurge. We haven't stopped Wait. eating. Do you just <laughs> go to the one place in Montclair all the time? Oh man, I like veggie heaven. I do. <laughs> I do. It's like good. Um, it's yeah. It's it's harder. I mean, it's harder out there, but out here, uh, that's. That's how you you get us. That's how you get us. Like it's like the food is so good, the weather's so good, and we're like, ah oh, man, maybe we should move to California again. And you get out here and you're miserable. So <laughs> you feel the stress yeah, of the yeah. city, the selfishness that yeah. flows through the streets. It's a lot like Ghostbusters too. Yeah. <laughs> now my last question is uh-huh. a dickhead end of the interview question. Are you oh no, you're gonna try to get a click, aren't you? <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Are Dad, you- don't do it. Don't do it. No, I have to do it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to answer. <laughs> Are you aware of Joe Jonas's comments? <laughs> Come on, man. What do you think? I'm I'm, all right, I'm all right. stupid. So what do you think about Joe Jonas's comments? I don't understand why you would do an interview about your band and talk about someone else's band. I don't get it. But I think that just shows even the Jonas Brothers were my camp fans. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's true. Maybe I think, I I don't know. I I think they're trying to trying to rebrand their band as like a a real rock band, and they're trying to mention as many you know rock bands and try to get like synonymous with other things. And people aren't going to forget that 
that you're a Disney band, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Love Bug is going to come again. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Frank Iero. Mm-hmm. Yes. Woo! <laughs> Barriers is the album. Please, Frank Iero and the Future Violence. Appreciate your time and energy, sir. Thank you so oh, my much. My pleasure. Thank you. You rock. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.